My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the Six Figure Podcast Rebels. It's Britt here again today. Super excited about the guest coming on today. I haven't had a guest on in this field yet, so I'm really excited to um, welcome Rachel Fryman, host of Becoming Mindstrong Podcast. She's a former teacher and now the CEO of Mindstrong Fitness where her and her team teach women to take complete control of their nutrition without any restrictions. So super excited to have you on today, Rachel. How's it going? Thanks for taking the time out of your day. Oh, thank you. I'm I'm extra excited now that I know I'm your first fitness person on here. It's going to be a good conversation. (laughs) Absolutely. We're going to have some great takeaways and, uh, you know, conversation within, you know, what's working, some of the challenges. We'll talk about your podcast and how it affects the business. Um, But before we really jump into that, do you mind, you know, telling us a bit more about yourself and getting a little bit deeper on how did you get to where you are today? I think it'll add a lot of value to the listeners to really get to know you. Absolutely. Yeah. My, my background is um, pretty unexpected for, for people who meet me now. This is obviously an audio recording, so you can't see, but I have fairly large muscles for a female and live and breathe all things health and fitness. So I, a lot Love of times it. the assumption is that like I grew up in this world and the reality is, you know, I started out as a freelance jazz musician in New York City for the vast majority of my adult life. And, wow. you know, playing in jazz clubs till six in the morning, that's super fun when you're in your <laughs> late teens, early twenties, right. um, at, at some point I needed some more stability. So I started, Got it. Teaching, right. <laughs> I started <laughs> teaching um, middle school music and I absolutely loved it. I loved teaching. I loved helping to shape lives and mold kids, but teaching is just, it's a very draining profession, right? You're just giving, giving, giving without a lot of self-care unless you purposely make time for it. So I can relate with that. A hundred percent. Even if you've never I, taught before, you can imagine. And right? I have, I, I actually used to be a teacher. So I hundred percent can relate with that. You, you know, know you put so much time and, and effort before you're even teaching all day. And then after like, you know, and like you said, you just don't, you have to make time for yourself because otherwise you won't find it, <laughs> you know? I mean, it's, it's such a bigger statement for, for all the stuff I teach now that sh- you're showing up as the person hanging on by a thread for those kids and you don't deserve uh-huh. that. They don't deserve that. Right. So right. I started going to the gym. I had no idea what I was doing. I was a hot mess. I was injured all the time. I didn't see results for almost a year and a half because my nutrition was also a hot mess. Okay. And yeah. I just started learning. I just, I don't know why looking back, I stuck with it. Cause I, if I wasn't seeing results, like, you know, it would made sense to quit, but something in me was determined to learn how to do this thing that felt unlearnable. And when I did learn how health, fitness, nutrition actually work, the teacher in me was like fired up. I wanted to just shout from the rooftops that 
this is not this big, overwhelming, scary subject that the diet industry has made us believe it is like nutrition is a skill. You can learn it and you'll literally never diet again. And it, it became this, this very pivotal moment in my personal life where, you know, people hear teacher, they think teacher salary. I did not make a teacher salary. I had a six figure salary as a teacher. And now I had this little side hustle in the, you know, this little fitness thing I was starting that wasn't making enough to support me. And it, it came to, as all business owners have experienced that moment where you decide to take a leap and take a massive chance and change careers and bet on yourself. And here we are today. I love that. Thank you for sharing, you know, and it's, I find it incredible when people can, you know, entrepreneurs really find their passion and just run with it. And, you know, like you said, shouting from the rooftop, like you found that passion and executed. So I'm really, really happy to hear that. And I'm really glad you were able to share that with everyone listening. Thanks. Yeah. And I think that's a theme that a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to where the thing you struggle with the most becomes the thing you're most passionate about teaching, right? Like there's this burning desire that no one should have to struggle the way that I did ever again. I found that in talking with thousands of entrepreneurs over the years, like that drive to help. The drive to change. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And, um, you know, I know that with building like a six figure business or higher or multiple six figures, you know, it comes with a lot of wins, but like, what are some of the biggest challenges that, you know, you faced when you figured out, okay, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm doing. What are some of the biggest challenges that, you know, every level you reach, you have, you have new challenges. What are some of those biggest ones that you were? Yeah. I I think, you know, I I think there's a misconception when people see that you've built a successful business, the the stories behind it are like, you must be such a hard worker. You must be smarter than me. You must be doing something better. And I don't believe that's true. I know plenty of people who are working three jobs and, you know, 18 hour days, and they're not financially successful or whatever their definition of success is. They're just in the grind. And to me, to, to answer your question, in both cases, what it comes down to is the ability to face fear. Because whether we're talking about that moment where most of us had to make that decision to leave that cushy job, or investing in a business coach, investing in a different software platform, whatever it is, every, you cannot be an entrepreneur and stay within your comfort zone. You, your business is destined to fail. No entrepreneur right. has ever hit six, seven figures and beyond while staying in their comfort zone. And that is the defining feature that most human beings are unwilling to do. They, they take a step there. They feel it. And the second that fear rushes in, they say, no, 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 this isn't for me. They let fear take control. And I think what we do as entrepreneurs and one of the biggest pieces of work that, that I've done and continue to do, because it never goes away is when you're staring in the face of that thing that could take you to the next level, but there's no guarantee of putting your eggs in your own basket and being like, you know what, come hell or high water. Like I believe in me. I know that even if this bombs, I will get back up and I will keep going and I'll take the hit or it'll be wildly successful. But that ability to keep leveling up, to keep investing in yourself, to keep facing fear is the most fun part of this. And also the scariest Right. And it's like, you know, that saying where it's like, whatever you fear the most is what I mean, or wait, forget how exactly it goes, but uh, something along the lines of, you know, 
you should do what scares you the most because it's the most rewarding in the end. And uh, I think a lot of people are very like afraid of the unknown, which is normal. Um, afraid of the unknown, scared to take that leap of faith and just, you know, having faith that it's going to work out. And if it doesn't, something else will. Right. So (laughs) I, I, I honestly, I think that's, it's huge. Right. So it is, it's this idea of this or something better, right. People have this, a lot of people have this belief of like, well, this didn't go exactly as I planned. It failed. And sometimes we never get closure. Sometimes three years down the line, we look back and say, thank goodness that quote unquote failed because this was leading to the something better. And that that's such a bigger life statement, but especially in the world of being an entrepreneur, you have to have that, that faith in general, that faith in yourself, that you're always, as long as you're in alignment with the work you're doing, you're always on the path you're supposed to be on. Yeah. You're, as long as you have, you know, your why, and you're, you know, you have your vision and you, and you chase those dreams and you're, none of the other stuff matters, you know, and you're going to get there eventually, as long as you're consistent and, you know, don't look at failure as like, and, and I'll, you know, because fail, everyone's going to fail forward. That's how you become successful. Like, you know, yes. you have to fail. Absolutely. And I, I always love the term fail forward because one of the things we teach, even our own members in the, in the field of health and fitness is, you know, failure is just data. When, when we can emotionally separate from the labels we're putting on ourselves, what most people do is something doesn't go as planned and they say, I am a failure, right? When we can put space there and emotionally separate and say, interesting, this didn't go the way that I envisioned it in my head. And we still, we're not talking about suppression. You know, you let the feels out, you right. eat your Ben and Jerry's, if you need to go to the gym, whatever your way of dealing with emotions is, but then we can come back with that emotional separation and say, let's dig in a little bit. You know, what, what worked, what went really well? Cause there's always going to be a couple golden nuggets. More importantly for the data purposes, what didn't work, what didn't go the way I envisioned it and why. And when you can approach your business or your health and fitness journey or whatever your topic is from that place of curiosity that's how we really fail forward, right? That's how we gather data and learn and adjust. And the next time we fail, which will happen again at some point, now we have the tools to keep stepping into curiosity instead of that self-shame and beating ourselves up that most of us default to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that because that's such an important piece, honestly. So, I wanted to ask you, you know, when did you start your podcast and what are some of the intentional actions you've, you, you took along starting it and why? The, the starting my podcast was an interesting feat. Um, honestly, the reason it came about is that I, I do a ton of live videos within my program and I had so many people that kept telling me, you have a great voice for podcasting. You do. And I was like, yeah, truly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't fully know what that means, but I'd been told it so many times. I was like, I don't really know much about podcasts at the time. I didn't listen to a lot of podcasts. I didn't know people that listened to them. And I was like, is that something you guys would listen to? Like I have a fairly large social media following. So I put some polls out and people are like, yes, especially with how many videos you do, like put it on another platform. So this was a very, you know, one of my favorite expressions in life is you jump off the cliff, you build your wings on the way down. I literally Googled how to start a podcast. I found a hosting platform being a former musician helped because I knew a decent amount about microphones and editing because at the time I didn't have a, an editor who did it for us, which we do now. Right. 
And I just kind of dove in. Like if you listen to the very first episode of my very first season, I literally say in there, um, there's a quote that says, if you don't look back on your first attempt and feel a little embarrassed, you're not growing. And I, I reference that quote in the first episode and say, so here's the first episode that my hope is years from now, I'm going to look back on and feel a little embarrassed <laughs> because I like, I just own the fact that I had no idea what I was doing. And the feedback was just fantastic. Like I heard from people saying, when's the next season coming out? And I was like, God, that took so long to get this first one out. Like, right. and now I think we're about two, two and a half years later, we're on season five. Um, we've, we've learned, we've grown, we've adjusted, we've changed different launch formats. You know, we found what works and it's just, it's now one of my absolute favorite parts of the business. It's just such a different entity than what I'm doing on, on Facebook, on zoom, on Instagram. And it's this whole other community within a community. Right. I love that. And like resonating with what you said about, you know, this is my first episode. I'm like, hopefully it becomes better by the end. I love that because I feel like a lot of people, you know, the perfection that they want for, it causes procrastination. You know, they want it to be so perfect and that's why they haven't either started it or, or posted the episode or, but that's what's holding them back. They want to be perfect. But if like, if people can do what you do and just own the fact that you're not going to be perfect and just grow from it, you know, at least you're getting started, you know? I, so I love that. And you know what? That's great that you mentioned that because you should listen to my first, <laughs> my first episode. I'm going to that. Oh God. <laughs> so, uh, but you know what? Yeah, let's own it. And, you know, we're just learning and well, yeah. or we're learning every day. Honestly, I learn something new every single time I do an episode. So I'm grateful for it. And I know I'm not perfect and that's fine. And I'm just yeah. going to keep you know, I'm going to keep doing these interviews. <laughs> Hopefully I become really good at it eventually. So uh, that's the goal. <laughs> and it's so fascinating because this is one of the things, you know, in our, we do a 12 week program. And one of the biggest things we teach women in that program is this perfectionist mindset, this paralysis by analysis, because in health and fitness, it's so prevalent to people be like, well, I don't know how to work out perfectly. So until I learn every up and down in and out, I'm not going to start. Or, well, I've had one thing not aligned with my goal, so now I've broken my diet. And that is the number one thing that, that holds people back from health and fitness. And it's the exact same conversation we're having right now. Like to your point, absolutely. Most people will over-research, over-plan, over everything and not actually start. And it's like, listen, right. you're going to look back six months from now and cringe listening to your first product or, or podcast or launch or workshop, whatever it is anyway. So let's just embrace the suck, get it over with. Get it on the way. Start growing, right? (laughs) There we go. Yes. I love the way you you, you said it there. You took the words out of my mouth. A (laughs) hundred percent. So totally relatable. And I think everyone listening, you know, probably feels the same way. So I'm really happy we covered that. Um, but Hey, let's, let's talk about redefining failure with a podcast. I know that you have some valuable insight with, in regards to that. So if you don't mind jumping in that, let's, let's talk about that. Yeah. I think that a lot of this goes back to what we referenced earlier about that emotional separation, right. And actually what we're talking about right now, with just jumping in the, there's a saying about the biggest heartbreak is expectation. And especially if we've done exactly what we were just talking about, if we've done the endless research, the paralysis by analysis, the buildup, what you're most likely doing in that buildup process 
is you're setting an expectation that like the world is waiting with bated breath for your podcast to come out and everyone has a countdown timer on their phone and they're ready to sign in and listen the second it happens. And the, the reality is for the vast majority of us, unless you're already an influencer or famous or whatever it is, that's not the case, right? With the exception of your mom and your grandma, no one is waiting with bated breath for your next right. podcast launch, your next product to come out. Right. And again, the more, this is where we go back to that emotional separation. The more, first of all, we can just dive in and start and, and emotionally separate from the outcome. Like, look, I said, I'm going to put out a season of a podcast. I freaking did it. I'm so proud of myself. Gather the data and move on from it. You can rest assured that as an intelligent human being, which all of us here listening and speaking are, we're not just going to stay stagnant. We're not going to say, oh, well, that first season bombed. I'll just do it again next time, right? <laughs> we're too smart for that. We're going to say, interesting. Okay, that, that felt pretty crappy. I'm going to feel my feels. And now let me do that emotional separation. Let me dig into the data. Maybe I need to pull some people on my social media and see what they want to hear more about. Maybe I need to talk to the people who did chime in and see what they liked and did what they didn't like. The more, right. this goes back to what we said earlier, the more you can step into a place of curiosity and get out of the shame, blame, guilt, regret, the more apt you are to keep going. And when you do keep going and learning, adjusting, the success is inevitable. It's going to come as right. long as you keep adjusting. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I love that. Now with your podcast, do you monetize it? How do you, how do you go about monetizing? We don't monetize in an ad sense. Um, I've, I've tried monetizing on the other side, like paying to be right. in other people's ads. I didn't, as of the time of this recording, I didn't see a return on investment in it. Yeah. Yeah. Now we simply use it as a lead magnet for our own business. Um, we don't do ads love that it. could change in the future. But what's really fascinating about that, and this is when I said earlier, podcast is like its own community within the community. Yeah. You do, right. It, it's bonkers where, you know, you, 100%. you see who's on the live with you, you know, who's responding to your emails. A podcast is like, you put something out into the world and you have no idea who's listening. Who's actually, who's saying, yeah. Right. It's so right. crazy. So I'll get messages on Instagram a few times a week being like, just a note to tell you, I, I binge listen to your podcast. I'm like, who are you? Like, I had no idea. Who are you? But this is amazing. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and it's such a great feeling. And I think a lot of that goes back for me to my teacher roots. Like when you teach, you see and feel the direct impact you're having. I feel that in when we do our 12-week program, I get that same experience. But a podcast, you have no idea. And in some ways, that's tough because you don't know the impact. But in some ways, it's beautiful because then you get those messages and you're like, oh, there are hundreds of thousands of people out there that I have no idea I've impacted. And just the beauty of the unknown like that is just, it, it's a, a very special feature that you don't find anywhere besides podcasting. A hundred percent. And what about the connections you make? Like, tell me how you feel about all of the connections that come from the podcast. Like, isn't it yeah. incredible? Yeah. As a business owner, it's a different level of depth because when someone eventually comes to our 12 week program and they're like, I've binge listened to your entire podcast twice. Like they know they live and breathe what we're about to teach them. They are so over-prepared for the journey they're about to go on that there's just, it feels like reconnecting with an old friend you haven't seen in a long time, as opposed to, you know, someone new that's like, what do you do? What is this about? Now it's like, 
I, I signed me up. Like, I know what you're preaching. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Let's go. <laughs> and right. it really, there's like a depth of relationship that's that you don't get anywhere else. Exactly. It's like meeting the best friend of your best friend, right? There's already a connection there. It's like, how have we right. never met before? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, I just love it. I love everything about podcasts. And I think I honestly think every entrepreneur, every business owner should really go ahead and start one, uh, to be honest. So yeah, it is. And it's a, um, you know, it's a time commitment. And I think it's really yeah. important to your point about everyone starting one that you find what works for you. Like when I started, I saw the norm was to release an episode every week. So that's what I did. And it stressed me out. Like having that to-do task every week did not work for me. So over time I was like, let's experiment with Netflix style. Let's just release an entire season at once. And our audience loved it. I loved it because I could just plan it into my yearly calendar one and done. And then get it done. Yeah. And it's, it's that understanding of there's no better, best, right, wrong. It's about what your community wants, but most importantly, what you as a business owner can handle and feel aligned with. Right. Absolutely. Love every minute of it. Now tell me, okay, what is your biggest like focus and, and desire with the podcast and maybe how it affects your business in the next year? Yeah. What, what I love about the podcast is it really gives unique insight into what people want to know more about. That's probably the number one thing I'll get on Instagram is like random messages of people being like, Hey, can you talk about this? Can you talk about this? And as someone, you know, my business is not brand new. We've been around for quite a few years now. So we're in our rhythm. Like we're always changing. We're always growing, but we know the key points of what we're going to teach in 12 weeks together with the podcast. We get to talk about whatever the heck we want. You know, if people are this past season, people are like, can you please dig in more to the mindset work? Like I struggle with perfectionism. I struggle with all in all out. And while it's stuff we teach within our program, it just gives this platform for like, I'm going to talk for 30 minutes only about perfectionism. We don't have to talk about nutrition. We don't have to talk about workouts. Like this is the space to really dig in. And as, as the, the CEO, kind of like the puppet master of, of my company, I use a lot of that podcast feedback for the program because I'll hear, you know, a lot of people are asking for more work on perfectionism. This should be something we're focusing more on in our 12 weeks together. And we'll kind of use one to feed off of the other in that way. Right, right. Love it. And with your podcast, do you do mostly solos or a little bit of interviews and solos or just interviews. How do you work yours? Right now it's all been solo. The five seasons that we've released have just been me yapping away. (laughs) Um, Right. Right. With the idea of doing interviews. And I actually somewhat recently put a poll in my Facebook community and asked people how they felt about it. And it was very divided. (laughs) It was almost 50. So we'll go back to the fear conversation and the perfectionism conversation, right? Part of me is like, it'd be really fun to change it up. And the other part of me is like, it's so successful right now. Like we have all five-star reviews. People are loving it. Do I want to risk messing with that? And then I can recognize, wait a second, that's your perfectionism coming out. Like get a little message, get some data, do everything that you preach. So that could very well change. That can change for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so with the podcast, how does it affect your business directly? Like I know we touched on it already, but like, does it bring a lot of clients that join your, you know, your program? Does it, how does that work? Yeah. It's kind of a two-way street for our, our 12 week program, feeding the podcast and vice versa. 
we get a mm-hmm. lot of people, um, the call to action at the end of our podcast episodes kind of rotate between joining our Facebook group, just checking us out on our website or buying, I have a book out on Amazon, buying the book. So typically what happens when they join the Facebook group, we say, how'd you find us? And when people say the podcast, it's not typically just the podcast. It's like, I listen to your podcast, then I read your book, then I joined the Facebook group. So they're kind of like getting into our world in that way. The other thing I love though, is as I said, it's a two-way street because what we've started to do is within our 12-week program, every Monday, the members get an email saying, you know, here's the coaching topic we're talking about. Here's what we're diving into today. Here's some podcast episodes that support this week's topic. So we now have this whole database, this library of five seasons of podcasts and our members, as they're going through the work, they can go back and reference them and listen to them on their drive to work on their you know, way home from the gym as just extra fuel for the fire as they're actually living it and breathing it. Right. And it's almost like they get to know you even when you're not working with them directly, like they have your podcast. So that relationship's already like, it's like they get they, that, that trust is starting to be built. Right. Yes, Which is, absolutely. I think, fantastic. It is. We, we hear from members all the time. It's like, I love, I love having Rachel's voice in my ear on my drive home because it motivates me. And like, there, there's no better compliment than that. Like, that's why we do this. And right. yeah, it's the same when people find us. They're like, I feel like I know you already because I've listened to all five seasons and it right, goes back right. to you're saying it's that relationship building. A hundred percent. It is. Yeah. Love it. Love every part of it. <laughs> now, uh, you know, what would your, um, I guess, you know what, actually, I'm going to switch my question up here a bit. If you were to say double your profit and revenue in the business, but by using the podcast in the next, within the next year, what do you think would be some of the next level changes or new challenges that would come along with it, with doing doubling or tripling even your profit and and revenue? Yeah, I, I think the thing, the way those two things would go hand in hand would just be the frequency with which I release podcasts. Um, when I started my business, I was the coach. I was running the business. I was coaching all the members. It was unsustainable (laughs) and my business did grow. We had an eight month period where my business grew 400% in eight months. And yeah, it was, it was incredible. And it was insane because that was the moment I was like, I cannot do what I'm doing. It's physically not enough hours in the day. So I hired a business coach. We did a restructure. I hired coaches which put me back in the CEO seat where now I can oversee the business while they do the coaching. The beauty of that, to answer your question, is it gave me more freedom. I got to work on my business instead of in it, which led to being more involved in the podcast. So do that again to really start doubling, tripling the business again. I would love to put out more of the podcasts. Like now, as as I mentioned, we've been doing the Netflix style. We put out one season so people can- At a time- Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I would love to do it more frequently. And to do that, it would mean that I would be even, I don't want to say removed from my program, but now my coaches are doing the coaching. I'm doing the overseeing. If I had someone in my role doing the overseeing, that would free me up even more to release, you know, three, four seasons of the podcast per year instead of one or two. And just the exponential growth that would come with that would, would get the results of what you're talking about. 
Right, right, right. Love that. Well, that's exciting. And, you know, like, I'm super excited to see how, you know, maybe I can get you back on in the future. I would love that just to see how everything is going and like, to see whether you opened up, you know, and starting doing interviews and solos and how that's going and, you know, where it's taking your business, because I think it's really exciting how it's already going. And it's working so well for you that um, I can't wait to see what the future holds, honestly. Yes, it would be interesting to come back because this is a very, we're, we're speaking at a pivotal point because right now right. My, my business is labeled as multi six figures. We're on that brink of breaking into the seven figure world, but we're not quite there. So by the next time so we talk, exciting. celebrate. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and we will. So yeah. you're just at the point of breaking into that. So I'm so excited. I'm going to have to get you back on like within the next year and see like how, what's going on now. What's next? Yes. What's new? What's how happening? That related to the frequency of podcasts. Cause those two things. Yes, will go hand yes. in hand for sure. Exactly. And how the podcast affected it. So, um, super excited for you. I think it's absolutely amazing that you were able to come on today, Rachel. And uh, I just want to make sure, you know, before we jump off, I know we're getting close to the end of the episode, you know, if anyone's looking to connect with you uh, and your business or, or find your podcast, I know I mentioned, you know, the name of it and everything, but do you mind just, you know, letting them know the best way to reach out to you and if they want to find you on the podcast as well, how to go about doing that? For sure. So the best place to find us is our main website, which is www.mindstrongfitness.com. We also have that incredible community of women on Facebook called Mind Strong Women. And then as you did mention, my, my podcast and book have the same name. So the podcast is called Becoming Mindstrong. It's everywhere you find podcasts. And the book is called Becoming Mindstrong, The Truth About Health, Fitness, and the BS That's Holding You Back. And that's on Amazon and Audible. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much to Rachel Fryman. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. You know, you've got a lot on the go. So it was an absolute pleasure to have you on as a guest today and can't wait for you to come back on in the future. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to anyone listening, if you enjoyed, please like, and subscribe. If you'd like to come on just like our wonderful Rachel did today, um, you know, for an interview and to talk about your scaling the business and, and the podcast and what's going on in your business, please go to top100interview.com and fill out an application. We'd love to have you on just like we did with Rachel today. Thanks, everybody. Thanks so much, Rachel. Thank you. Catch you on the next episode. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.